Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Season 9, Episode 4, Profile, the Lakes International Comic Art Festival. Right then, hello there. Welcome along to Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. I have my cup of tea. Hopefully you've got your brew to hand. Um, and I hope you're up for uh, spending an hour with us to talk Comic-Cons, con culture, and all the stuff and nonsense uh, that uh, goes on at such shows. To be fair, it's actually feeling like, I don't know, not like the last uh, 20 months have uh, not happened at all, but certainly the energy and the vibe of comic conventions are back up and running. We've got plenty of shows uh, that have happened on both sides of the Atlantic, indeed, uh, global, worldwide. Um, I know that uh, Germany had a couple uh, this weekend. We had uh, France, I believe, had one as well. Uh, if you have attended a convention this weekend, tell us about it. Let us know what you went to uh, attend, who you went to see, and, of course, how it went and how you felt about attending post-COVID, of course, uh, post-lockdown. Let us know what uh, you've been up to. Uh, we've got ourselves into the blue, Mr. Watching. Good afternoon, all. Uh, Mr. Michael P is hey, uh, joining us. Hello, good morning, all. Reminding us once again that we are a transatlantic show. Thank you very much uh, for joining us on both sides over at the pond. Uh, Geek Explorers is saying hello. Hello, everyone. Uh, Leanne D, uh, good morning, everyone. Leanne, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Uh, as always, I look forward to hearing your comments, especially regarding a number of the things we're going to talk about, especially when it comes to Thought Bubble, uh, when it talks about um, international guests certainly coming into the UK. Looking forward to your perspective about that. Um, Michael P uh, is straight off the bat. He's letting us know uh, what he thought about DC fandom. It's the word. It's definitely a word. Um, and you can kind of um, you can kind of take it any way that you like. DC fandom was slick. Um, now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Was it just a little bit too um, pro processed? Was it too overly produced? It did look incredible. They obviously um, have got um, an incredible team uh, at Warner Brothers and DC to put together something very impressive looking. And indeed, a whole bunch of the presentations that came out of the, uh, the presentation was very impressive. But... I think I've uh, made my feelings about DC fandom before very well known. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit of that because I do feel that I was justified in my feelings on that one. But what did you think about DC fandom? Um, we're going to talk about um, how it's been presented, how you could actually get to watch it, and also just that uh, nature of the DC fandom because they've definitely evolved it uh, from last year. Uh, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, what else? Um, yes. Um, just to let you know as well, uh, this is going to be a strict hour show, if anything, because I am feeling a little bit under the weather. I, I don't know if it's just tiredness or maybe I've caught something. I have actually had a COVID test today. I've checked myself out. I am negative. So that's good. Um, but definitely feeling a little under the weather. So bear with me. Things may get a little bit fractured around the edges, but I'll do what I can to uh, keep my coherence level to some degree. Okay, um, so let's dive into uh, the, uh, the the news then. Uh, we've got ourselves a bunch of stuff uh, to get into. Um, certainly Comic Art Festival uh, took place this weekend. This is the Lakes International Comic Art Festival held in Kendall. Um, it launched uh, with a very ambitious live stream on Friday um, where they were calling in uh, stream um, people to uh, take part, participants from across the globe. Um, uh, they were trying to play videos. They were trying to kind of balance. They were definitely herding a lot of cats uh, for that live stream. But the great thing about it was it did feel very homegrown. It felt it didn't feel as totally slick. It felt like things could fall apart at any second. And that gave it a little bit of urgency, which was great. It was uh, fun to watch. Um, they held themselves uh, their usual uh, element at the um, Kendall Brewery art center uh, where they had themselves a interesting little uh, discussion where uh, a number of creatives uh, they put their case forward for um, their uh, favorite comic creation so you had the likes of crazy cat you had the likes of who else was there i think asterix was in there as well and 
um, you had, yeah, just a real fun debate between a lot of, a bit of uh, banter going on as well. And the whole thing was framed that on the left-hand side of the stage was a um, balloon. And the idea being that people would argue their case. People could then vote using their phones and not just those in the uh, theatre either, but also people in the uh, in the virtual space. And they could vote for who would be thrown out of the balloon. Not necessarily made entirely clear on that first vote, so it got a little bit fractured in places as people did kind of get a little bit confused about whether they were voting to keep them, voting to throw them out. Got a little bit weird, but it was a fun um, experience, fun show. Especially considering that um, somebody, a, a French artist that uh, has been attending for a number of years, uh, Boulet, um, who was doing some live drawing on stage, uh, kind of having his uh, take on the uh, proceedings, um, got uh, announced as the uh, National Cartoonist um, Association. Uh, this is the, um, I believe, the American um, arm of uh, the collaboration between Lakes and the another uh, festival. They presented uh, the um, uh, the Aragon uh, Giorgio Aragon yeah, Aragonis um, Award uh, for Best Cartoonist of the Year, and as it happens, Boulet was the winner. He was very gracious uh, in accepting it, and uh, yeah, it was um, it was a fun show to watch. And I have done my best to watch a number of the um, uh, contributions throughout the course of the weekend especially those of uh, people who have cancelled uh, the international uh, guests that weren't able to make it. Um, so the likes of Greg Rucker, uh, who wasn't able to uh, make his show. Um, there, were, there were a couple that uh, just weren't able to uh, uh, either make the, uh, the journey over, maybe uh, COVID restrictions when it came to. And what I'm discovering, certainly speaking to Leanne D as well, it's not necessarily just getting into the country. It's the whole aspect of then taking a test and then having another day to um, then sort of get that test processed and then uh, leave the country. For example, Leanne has uh, reminded me that uh, she will be heading back to the US on Monday. A number of international guests will be heading back on Monday. She's going to have to go for her uh, uh, lateral flow test, uh, test uh, as uh, officiated by NHS, which is the recognized test to get in and out of the country on the Saturday of the convention, which means a whole bunch of international creatives will not be at their tables first thing on Saturday morning because they're going to be heading to Bradford to get their test done. It's going to be awkward. Um, we kind of saw that with Lakes as well. Um, a whole bunch of people were uh, not available to uh, uh, take part in the, the show uh, this time around. But um, what we actually did have uh, was um, a, a, lot, a lot of stuff coming out of uh, social media. Um, we, we have ourselves uh, the, the map of uh, how the, certainly the clock tower uh, was looking. Um, I'm not going to lie. I do feel that this particular um, uh, diagram does kind of highlight what the um, Lakes Festival has become this year. It's very much a supporter of um, indie creators and illustrators. There's not so much in the way of mainstream support. In other words, that passing trade, those the, the, the kids that might be interested in uh, Superman, Batman, etc. Those you know those uh, fair, those you know, fair weather uh, characters, uh, which uh, obviously the the mainstream people uh, think of when they think of comics. These were self published, um, or they were small independent publishers. At which point you then have to ask, what was the appeal? What was draw drawing them into the building? That being said, um, some great names uh, being um, presented uh, for this particular uh, um, on this on the on the floor. So you have the likes of um, um, uh, Chris Askham, you have um, uh, Gustavo Vargas, Joe Latham, you have uh, Matt Simmons, you have Matt Smith, you have um, Roger Langstridge, um, all of which did a uh, great job of representing on the floor. Not as many tables as I've seen in previous years. And I think that's uh, represented, uh, like I say, by the the drop in uh, the talent that was drawn to the actual show. Some great publishers as well, uh, Cast Iron Books, uh, Knockabout, uh, Soaring Penguin Press, Turnabout Press, all of which are uh, doing a great job of representing their particular uh, books. Uh, but then um, I was spending a lot of time having a look at the way that um, the show was conducting itself, considering that we did have... Um, 
a number of people doing their best to represent. We had uh, Roger Langstrich um, masked up, or at least with a face, face shield. Um, I'm not going to show um, the tweets, however, that I did find of uh, creatives that were representing um, and not masking up. Um, I, a lot of people have been saying uh, on Twitter, I've been uh, communicating to a, a bunch, that they felt triggered by the amount of pictures coming out of Kendall by those not wearing masks, certainly uh, with the attendees. That's frustrating. That's frustrating. At the end of the day, however, um, Lakes did not institute, as far as I'm aware, a full-blown mask mandate. Um, so at the end of the day, it was kind of a voluntary um, decision uh, of the attendees whether they were going to be masked up. Um, I think this is a good example of what I'm on about. This is a, uh, a picture of a, a panel that was hosted uh, with the uh, maestro, Dave McKean. Uh, Paul Gravitt there, uh, well-known and uh, respected uh, uh, reporter, uh, documenter of comics, uh, certainly known in the, uh, uh, the comics landscape here in the UK. I don't know if that's a two meter distance between the two, but there were no masks involved. There could have been a little bit more of a distance. I hosted a number of panels at Meanwhile in Coventry, and we did our absolute damnedest to keep everyone at a distance. And when we were up close and personal, we were wearing masks. It's a shame that perhaps we didn't see too much of that when it came to, uh, to lakes. And a number of people have been pointing uh, the organisers out for it. Uh, we have this bit picture here. This is uh, held from uh, the, early on this afternoon. Uh, we have ourselves um, a whole bunch of uh, uh, comic creators uh, doing the live draw, which takes place uh, traditionally on the Sunday afternoon. You have uh, people on the couch. You have uh, two people either side doing their uh, uh, live drawing. And as you can see there, um, there's barely a mask to be seen. Um I would have expected more from Sean Phillips, to be fair. Uh, he's there on the, in the middle, uh, sat on his own. Bit of a distance, however, so a little bit of a uh, distance there, perhaps. Uh, John Freeman, I believe, is there on the right-hand side with Julie. Um, like I say, I, it's great to see these uh, these creatives, and it's great to have them visible on stage so you can actually hear them. And uh, it's just a shame that, um, certainly up close and personal, we didn't have uh, too much of that mask mandate uh, installed a shame but there we go gonna get into uh, lakes we'll find out uh, like i say i wasn't there uh, so we're gonna find out uh, from joel and from chris a little bit later about the actual um uh, the way that the uh, the whole thing uh, went on so we're gonna get into that um we've got a couple of people uh, jumping in uh, we've got ourselves into the blue mister i've come up with a brilliant way to fund my comic-con attendances next year i'm entering the squid game um hasn't someone actually done the, the translation uh, into US um, uh, money and UK money, and it's actually not that, <laughs> it's not a great deal. It's something like 2 million or something. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, hey, listen, if anything, if you want to completely confuse somebody um, who hasn't seen uh, Squid Game, at least then you can show up and then they can ask you why on earth you're dressed as a PlayStation symbol. So there you go. Uh, keep that in mind if you uh, are thinking for ideas for your cosplay uh, for next year. Uh, Leanne D, it's quite a mess to navigate coming into the UK and leaving. If there's anyone who can tell us how that is actually going to happen, um, at the end of the day, Leanne D is going to be uh, some, someone who I can talk to uh, for that kind of reference. She's coming in for Thought Bubble uh, next month. Um, admittedly, Thought Bubble has instituted um, full mask mandate. They've instituted that um, they people must have uh, uh, legitimate tests uh, results or they must prove that they have been double vaccinated. Um, the thing about lakes and what makes it slightly difficult is at the end of the day, it is a festival, a little bit like Anglomay, in that um, it's a little bit more spread out um, and it's very difficult to kind of police that. Um, but there's a lot of children activities happening. There was, um, uh, like I say, events that were taking place uh, on screen there in the Brewery Art Centre. There could have been a little bit more control um, for uh, attendees to be a little bit more um, secure about what they were uh, actually attending. I've, I've, I've seen a number of pictures um, uh, which uh, either creatives or attendees have uh, shared. I didn't want to name and shame on this podcast, but I was seeing more than enough pictures of 
people that weren't being tested or weren't wearing the masks in close quarters to make me feel a little unwary, a little wary. So there we go. Um, right, uh, we've got ourselves about just over 10 minutes, so let's uh, dive into, because I wanted to cover DC Fandom in a second, a couple of uh, bits and pieces when it comes to uh, cancellations and announcements. First things first, uh, London Film and Comic Con have announced that they've got a couple of people that unfortunately will not be able to attend um, this year. Uh, we've got Stephen R. McQueen, Mandip Dillon, Janet Fielding, Ashley Walters, Daniel Phillips, and you've got uh, Daniel Nicolette and uh, Julius Lefort moving to London Film Comic Con 2022. We'll keep a track as well on London Film and Comic Con uh, for uh, updates. Uh, some reasonable names there. I mean, I can totally understand Janet Fielding uh, taking um, a step back. At the end of the day, she's a, a legacy a legacy uh, actress and uh, she wants to stay safe. I totally understand it. So we'll keep a track on that. Um, but from what I've seen, um, I think it's uh, Stephen Armour Queen, Mandit Dillon, and Janet Fielding, that are the, the, probably the big names there. But uh, if you disagree with me, if any of those uh, disappoint you, if you are attending London Film and Comic Con, uh, do let us know uh, what your thoughts are on those cancellations. MCM, on the other hand, um, they are announcing uh, stuff left, right, and center. This is a show that's taking place next weekend at the EXL. And um, yeah, uh, a man with his uh, star very much on the rise, Jonathan Majors, has been announced. Uh, going to be attending with photos and autographs available at mcmcomicon.com. Jonathan Majors, known um, for Lovecraft Country, but certainly for a wider audience um, as Marvel Studios. Um, I mean, it's, it, it says here he's known for the series Loki, but of course he is going to be uh, Kang the uh, um, is it Kang the Conqueror? Yes, or uh, he who shall not he at the end of time or something. There's a kind of strange vibe about how he's named. But um, he's going to be showing, and not only that, but um, he's going to be appearing in a number of the uh, uh, MCU films moving forward. He's definitely going to be a key character uh, in Phase 4 moving forward. So if you are a Marvel fan, next week at uh, London Comic Con, he's going to be appearing for um, uh, autographs. However, we have had a couple of other uh, cancellations, and this is for Wales Comic Con. And to be fair... It's quite a long list as well. Uh, due to the nature of Comic-Con events, sometimes guests do need to cancel. We've informed that the following guests can no longer attend. We're talking the likes of Annabeth Gish, Carrie Hiro, uh, Hiroyuki uh, Tagawa, Erin uh, Richards, Johnny Young-Bosch, Julian Glover, uh, Karen Gillan, uh, Kevin McNally, Mitch Pileggi, Nicholas Brendan. Although, to be fair, um, it was going to be unlikely that uh, Nicholas Brendan was going to be Able to leave the country anyway, isn't isn't he under still lock and key at this point? Has he got his ankle bracelet still in place? Who knows? Ruth Cornell and Sean Pertwee, a number of people cancelling there. A couple of them are postponing to uh, 2022, so they'll be returning uh, to Wales um, uh, the uh, at Telford takeover. That's going to be happening uh, next year, but that's the names. But we also have the um, the full cancelled uh, calendar. A couple of names there which are. Uh, Totally understandable. Brian Blessed, obviously, he's going to want to keep a, a close eye on his health at his his age. Val Kilmer, bit of a disappointment there. Uh, Sam J. Jones, again, somebody else who would uh, open uh, show up at the opening of an envelope. Um, it's a shame that uh, he won't be able to make it, but uh, there we go. Ross Marquand as well. Patrick Warburton. Uh, like I say, a couple of uh, um, uh, cre creators there. So, so I would say not of the... Uh, the older end. So Deborah Ann Wall, it's a shame that she's not going to be able to make it. Freema Agman, uh, Mary Lynn Ricegob, um, and uh, the likes. That's the list on screen. You can find all the information at walescomiccon.com uh, for the cancellations when it comes to that. Do check out the full listing for uh, cancellations. And we'll keep an eye on that because I'm actually going to be appearing at Wales Comic Con as a panel host on their main floor. So I'm looking forward to uh, meeting who is going to be able to make it to the actual show. Okay, so let's get into uh, the main uh, event when it came to uh, uh, fandoms and uh, uh, social media chatter. Um, and indeed, I think uh, still at the moment, The Batman, The Flash, uh, Black Adam uh, are still trending on social media at the moment. Uh, it's safe to say that a lot of people were very excited about fandom uh, happening this weekend. Um that being said, um, I mean, if I can just bring up the uh, uh, the page for DC Fandom, I can kind of share what my experience has been of um, kind of negotiating 
through the uh, the actual show. And there you go. If I just reset this screen, maybe it'll load this time. It really has been kind of swamped. Um, it's just been very awkward to negotiate and uh, navigate around. Um, that being said, they have kind of addressed this. Uh, last year, um, DC Fandom was a single stream happening over 24 hours, um, which you would but then go on a loop and you could kind of, if whatever territory you were in, you could dive in and watch DC Fandom um, as it rolled out live. But um, I, it was only available on the DC Fandom site, dcfandom.com. This year, they've been a little bit more canny about it, um, and they have indeed um, done their best to uh, kind of share it elsewhere. So you have the likes of the uh, DC um, uh, homepage, and yeah, if I just uh, put that on mute, so at least then we can kind of screen through. I'm not going to show too much of it, but um, certainly you had uh, uh, the likes of uh, Black Adam. Uh, you have a uh, first look there. You had Aquaman. You had uh, uh, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom uh, that was uh, being shown. All very slickly produced and looking fantastic. Milestone uh, representing as well. But um, a lot of people were a little bit concerned or a little upset that you have the chat there rolling past on the right-hand side of uh, the uh, the screen. At the end of the day, um, what does that actually do? There was no two-way communication. And this was my issue with DC Fandom last year. And they haven't really addressed it again this year. It's a shame. Um like I say, though, it was um, a full uh, roster of uh, stuff which would then get um, cut down and shared in separate blocks um, as uh, people could just watch as they needed to. So the Black Adam first look went um, onto YouTube separate. Suicide Squad, Killers Justice League trailer went separate. The Peacemaker panel went separate. Uh, Superman and Lois behind the scenes set tour was all separate. All of it. I mean, to be fair, look at it. It is quite the roster and um yeah there was a lot to see tipping off of course at the very end with the batman trailer uh with that production video from um uh, the the main uh, chaps involved robert patson doing a damn good job of impressing for that so that was on the uh youtube channel so at the end of the day it was available left right and center which was great I still feel, however, there wasn't that to and fro, that conversation with the fans. It constantly reminded you that it was a stream that was for the fans. It would have been great to actually have more of that then. It would have been fantastic to kind of get a sense of a real conversation with the fans. So that's, it, it was a bit of a shame uh, when it came to that element. Um, what did you think? Uh, we're going to kind of come back to DC Fandom at the end. What was your favorite elements? What was the things that you saw that you really liked the look of? Um, I've got a, a little bit of a personal investment because my brother is actually appearing in two of the films filmed here in the UK that uh, featured on the roster uh, for um, um, uh, DC Fandom. So I'm, I'm going to be popping along to see if I can see, I don't know, an over-the-shoulder shot of uh, my brother at some point. But at the end of the day, what did you think? What did you think of uh, the very emo um, uh, reveal of Batman trailer. What did you think of the Gwendolyn Christie um, image that was revealed? And also there was a, kind of a sneaky one as well. There was a, a frame of um, the our new Morpheus for uh, the Netflix Sandman show. What did you th think, think of it? What did you make of it? Do let us know. Jump in on the, uh, the chat and, of course, on the comments below. Let us know what you thought of it. Okay, don't forget as well, in about two, three minutes' time, we are going to be uh, heading over to... Um, our Patreon-only support. If you are a Patreon supporter, head over to patreon.com slash EnglishmanSDCC where you can see the full stream, which is where you can get uh, to see the wonderful faces of uh, my two special guests for today. Um, we've got two. Uh, one is a uh, journalist editor that um, attended uh, the Lakes uh, International Comic Art Festival um, very much uh, as somebody who was reporting on the show. I'm certain I'm, we're going to be seeing plenty of uh, pictures from him uh, of the people that uh, he saw. And we're also going to be hearing about what his thoughts are. We'll hopefully get a little bit of a preview of that in the chat we've got up next. And we've got also um, an editor uh, behind one of my favourite comics for the last uh, couple of years. Um, if you have not read That Texas Blood, 
frankly, you are doing yourself a massive disservice, uh, not only to uh, uh, the, the person I'm going to be speaking to, but also um, just to the creatives as well, because um, my word, they have just done an amazing job on that book. We've got ourselves, uh, Joel Meadows, who's uh, joining us. Hello there, Joel. Hello. Reef, you're looking very mysterious there, sir. Um, it's the premier in. It's the. Uh, <laughs> I thought it would suit the Batman thing, you know. So I'm. I, oh, right, okay. So you're honouring honoring the Batman uh, <laughs> yes. by going full emo. Okay, fair enough. All right. In that case, how are you doing, Leonard? I'm fine, Chris. How are you, sir? I'm. I'm well. I'm well. Feeling good. Are you? Are you just down the hall at the same premier in? <laughs> it's possible. I. I mean, I'm at the Riverside Hotel, so I don't oh, know. Oh, 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 uh, he, Chris is in a fancy location. Well, okay, yeah. he's in a nice location. Okay, that's fine. Oh. That's great. Okay, <laughs> um, well, we'll, we'll dive into um, um, uh, bits and pieces when it comes to your impressions of um, sure. weeks. I know that you were kind of loitering in the background while I kind of uh, gave my, uh, my, my personal impression of what I saw on social media. Um, and I'd like to know what your thoughts were. Um, whether you agree, disagree um and what your own uh impressions of it were uh we'll start with yourself uh, chris uh, this is chris condon by the way um from uh, the creative team of that texas blood published by image comics um yeah let's uh get into it then chris um i mean first and foremost what were you doing there um what panels were you hosting were you <laughs> were you behind a table for the majority of the weekend what what was your uh, experience of attending the show well, so no, I was not behind a table. Um, the only time I was behind a table was um, briefly uh, today and then yesterday after Jacob and I did a talk uh, with John McShane. Um, but uh, I'm what, what was I doing there? I mean, I, I've I haven't uh, gone to uh, a movie, <laughs> you know, in the last <laughs> year and a half, let alone a convention. And uh, Jacob and I have been working on this book uh, that you just mentioned, that Texas Blood. Um, we're coming up on 13 issues in December, and yet we had never met each other. We've obviously chatted through Messenger, uh, you know, emails, but never had met each other. And so the Lakes uh, Festival was coming up, and... I guess either Jake or his father, or maybe it was just the, the festival crew uh, decided to reach out to me and ask me if I would be willing to attend. And they, I, it, from what I understand, it was tentative on their part and it was tentative on my part. So I gave a tentative yes, a soft yes, because I was <laughs> don't know what's going to happen with COVID, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When, 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 uh, were, you, when, and, when were you approached? Where, where were we? in terms of lockdown uh, i mean i think it, if i remember right i think it was earlier it was early in this year uh so it was probably around march around this year um and solid plans weren't made until about two months ago right okay so uh, we, i mean we've got a couple of questions i mean we've got a couple of questions that are, are, are rattling through already and we might as well dive into this one because it is I, I think the big one of, uh, for yourself, sure. and it is, how did you navigate the UK entry system? Leanne is coming over for Thought Bubble as an attendee. Um, she's coming back to visit the UK as well. Um, she's saying, I I'm finding it difficult, but I've done everything I can on my end. I mean, what were the hoops that you had to jump through to attend the show? Uh, well, big things, obviously, were the COVID tests. Um, so you have to take a COVID test before you get on the plane, and it's a max three days before you get on the plane. Um, so that was one thing. Uh, you need to fill out a, a form with the UK government and tell every place that you're going to be staying, um, give contact numbers, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, joy. Uh, and, then, and then once you arrive in the UK, you need to take a, a COVID test in my case, it was this test, the Randox test, and um, and then deliver that, and you get the results via email. Um, thank God both were negative. Uh, uh, but that's essentially, I mean, that's the, those are really the, the hoops that I had to jump through. I mean, in terms of uh, actually being on a plane, I mean, it's a, it's a little bit scary, but, you know, the, the planes were fairly empty, and yeah. just, I didn't have anybody sitting on me, uh, on me, uh, next to me. <laughs> uh, 
at uh, any point. The fl- so that was nice. Little Maybe a wishful thinking. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, uh, and so you know, I, I just remain masked, and and you know, the the I I didn't really have any troubles, but it, it was definitely a longer. Um, uh, it, 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 it yeah, it definitely was a longer process than I would have uh, expected uh, in normal times. You know what I mean? But it it wasn't bad, and obviously in current times I would not expect less. I know that travel restrictions are. Uh, they're going a little bit lax soon, yeah. uh, which I don't know how I feel about that. But I, I'm really glad that I get tested twice. You know, once I'm leaving, once I come in, just to be sure. Um, and obviously, I'm vaccinated as well, so that's okay. a big part of you know why I agreed to come. Well, I mean, so. I think the thing, another thing for myself. I mean, that's general hoops that you have to jump through when it comes to the British administration uh, entry into mm-hmm. the country. Fine. Um, Obviously, as a show that deals, it's about comic conventions, I'd love to know what the Comic Art Festival did for yourself to make you feel comfortable about attending then. Um, what was your relationship with the organizers of Comic Art Festival uh, of uh, Lakes, and how did they help um, you as an attendee? Well, I what mean, they it? were just... Uh, they, they just, you know, they, they were very... Uh... They, they, they communicated well, uh, everything. Uh, they, they, in fact, were the ones who, who got me this test for when I arrived here. Um, they, you know, they, they agreed to pay for the test before I left, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, they, they've just been, uh, in my view, uh, going above and beyond to just try to make you feel as comfortable as possible. Um, I mean... If, if it was a vaccinated event, would I feel even better? Yes, you know, yeah. obviously. But, you know, the, there's certain things that, uh, you know, that would have been nice. But uh, other than that, I felt very comfortable. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, there's never not a fear, though. I feel like especially, I mean, I'm s- sort of frightened to even just go to the grocery store a lot of times just because you never really know you know, you hear stories about people getting COVID and they don't even know how because they're doing everything right. But then you're going into a room with people. And so, I don't know. I guess there's never not going to be that fear, but... I, I think we, we've talked about this on previous, or the last couple of episodes as, as the new series has started. And uh, it's kind of like that institutional trauma that's not going to disappear yeah. anytime soon. But any way that uh, an organization can make you feel more comfortable as a, a as a guest I, I think that's uh what um anything that can uh, they can do that's fantastic yeah. uh joel uh, as somebody as an, as an attendee uh, who kind of did go from venue to venue and look around the festival uh, the best you could um i mean I, I i mentioned earlier in my brief overview um earlier on in the show that it did feel that um the the pictures that i was seeing were very much uh they were just really kind of it was it felt really unsafe with seeing how few people were wearing masks and how it uh, the mask mandate wasn't being um, instigated in a number of the venues how did you feel because you attended a number of panels over the course of the, the last couple of days well i felt okay because i wore a mask when i went in when i went to the clock tower when i went to see uh, and see a couple of talks mm-hmm. and I, I always had a mask on i mean not everyone did unfortunately but i you know, I've made the decision this year because I'm, I went to this show. I'm going to Thought Bubble. You know, Thought Bubble, you have to wear a mask. But I've decided that basically for the next two or three shows I go to, I will always have it with me, and I will make the choice of wearing it because it, you know, I'd be less comfortable. I am a witness protection. Yes, actually, uh, I, I'm at the end. I'm seeing the end of Goodfellas, Dan. It's like that. I'm going to get my milk on the doorstep in a minute, and. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, so I, in other words, what I mean, Joel can say anything he likes about the Lakes Festival right now because people don't know. I'm incognito, no one knows where he is, his location no. is in secret. absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I felt okay within myself, but it was, it was unfortunate. I think they should have actually specified that people who came in had to wear a mask. I think it would have been better, and I think people would have understood that this is the price we have to pay at the moment. We're going to go back to shows. Um, 
it's unfortunate, but so, because it was voluntary, a lot of people choose not, and they chose not to wear it. And it is unfortunate. I'm not going to single anybody out. You know, yeah. I'm not going to mention any any people specifically. But there were some people who weren't wearing, you know, a mask. Yeah. Um, I think a thing as well that I found intriguing about the uh, the layout this year and uh, the way that uh, uh, the the challenge that uh, Lakes has, it kind of has a challenge the way it's been set up already because it's very much a niche show it's very much about illustrators it's about comic artists and it's about those artists a little bit further off the mate off the beaten track they do um cover a number of uh, mainstream creators uh, like you say we've had uh, greg rucker um with his books um over the, which would have been um showcased um when if he had have, uh, come into the country Chris, like yourself, um, with uh, the team for That Texas Blood, I think for myself that would have been the highest profile mainstream comic um, that was profiled at the the show this year. Um, for everyone else, uh, I mean, is mum and dads dragging their kids around Kendall, and the passing trade is usually what keeps the show vital and keeps that energy going. If at the end of the day there are no names. To, to kind of speak of it's very difficult to then sell that to the passing trade i think what i'm trying to get out then is how did you feel the vibe of the festival was this year joel certainly for yourself as somebody who has been to one uh in the past uh, uh, who has seen some uh, high profile talent appearing at the show it was reasonably positive. I mean, I've been to every single lakes and you've been to a lot of them as well. I felt like it was a positive vibe because, you know, a lot of us haven't been to shows in two years. This is the second show I've been to. First one, I saw you at Coventry about four weeks ago, but this is the second comic show I've been to. And actually the lakes, I think was one of the last, I think the MCM might have been the last, but it was the penultimate comic show I attended before the pandemic hit basically in October, 2019. Um, and I, I felt like, people felt like they were kind of coming back to something. It was quite nice because a lot of these people hadn't been to a show in two years and hadn't been anywhere. You may not even left the house in two years except to go shopping and things. So I did feel like it was a, had a positive vibe. It did have a positive feel. You know, I chatted to you know Etherington Brothers. I talked to Roger Langridge. I talked to John Freeman. I talked to quite a few people to get a sense of the show. And I actually, and to Brian Talbot and Mary, and despite they were uncomfortable, they did wear the mask, but they said it still felt quite strange. But, you know, despite this, it was nice to catch up with people they hadn't seen in two years. So I think it was, it felt almost like a, it's not a return because obviously it's not the way it was two years ago, but a partial return, you know, moving towards what we used to have, you know, we're having a show, you know, for example, we couldn't have had the show 12 months ago, 12 months ago, October of 2020. There's no way we would have had, we couldn't have had anything. That's why the Lakes, you know, did their virtual thing. So I kind of feel like it's sort of a halfway house, you know, between what we had, which was nothing and, you know, what we, and what we used to have. So it, it felt like it, it was a comic show, but not in the same sense that we used to have them. But I said it, it did feel it did feel quite positive. Everyone was mm. positive, people happy to see friends and see in ages. So yes, that's what I felt. Did it did the way that the guests panned out this year, um, and the way that the, uh, the what was actually presented, it kind of cemented that um, reputation for Lakes as being the home for indie creators, self published, and small press. Do you think that this has really cemented that now in the perspective of what Lakes is? I guess. I mean, it would have been nice to have had you know, the American guests. I mean, what, what I've said to people recently is that, you know, if anybody can put any kind of show on at all in 2021, you know, because everything else is counting against them. You know, you've got American guests who can't come because of quarantine. Sure. Um, so it is very difficult. So bearing that in mind that they're, you know, they're putting a show on in, in one of the most difficult circumstances of the past, God, in our lifetime, basically, I would say that, you know, with that criteria in mind, I would say probably yes. They had a lot of quality indie people. They had Lucy Sullivan, you know, who's built up quite a good name. As you say, you had uh, Cast Iron Books. You had uh, Turnaround, who a distributor. You had uh, John Freeman there. You had Soaring Penguin. You had a lot of good quality UK um, indie talent. So it is, I mean, obviously my only worry is that it's very hard for a show to attract the kind of numbers that you require if you're all having um, kind of indie comic craze. And it's taking nothing at all away from them, but to attract 
you know, bigger numbers to get extra attention, you do need a couple of kind of marquee kind of American and sort of Canadian names. And, and I do feel like it's soft a little, but, you know, as I said, the, my provide, you know, the thing to bear in mind is that it's not possible at the moment. So basically we'll, sure. they, they put the best show on that they could with all of the really strange circumstances that we're living through. So I wouldn't say that, you know, I, I wouldn't use that as a criticism of it. Yeah. But I would say that in terms of, you know, UK indie, there was a lot of good UK indie people represented there. So it, it was a good UK indie comic show. Cool. Well, Chris, I mean, I have actually been mislabeling you, mislabeling, labeling you uh, throughout the course of this entire thing, because, uh, of course, you're the oh. writer. You're the creator of uh, that text. And then you got yourself with uh, Jacob uh, Phillips. Yeah. Uh, so basically the, the, the entire creative team was pre pretty much in attendance. Rather handy, uh -huh. of course, to have yeah. have the Phillips living just down the road, of course. Uh, so, um, yes. uh, yeah. you see, this is where I would have thought that um, one of them would have put you up in a spare room or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, they're your creative team, man. They, 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 <laughs> could, they couldn't put you on a sofa for a week? I, oh, I don't know what's going on. Anyway. The, those you... damn Phillipses. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we were talking about that kind of the shift of um, the percentage of pers perspective of the show as kind of mm -hmm. like the highest profile um, mainstream comic represented at the show this year. How did that feel for you? Did you feel like an outlier perhaps? Uh, not really. Um, just because I, I'm, I'm so new to this whole thing in the first place. So I, I really felt on everybody's level. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I mean, you know, just being able to talk with Charlie Adler and, uh, you know, Sean Phillips and to be able to just spend the entire weekend with them, yeah. uh, was great. And I mean, it was a fantastic experience. It was the first time I've really met any other comic creators on their level. You know what I mean? Uh, so that was fantastic. Um, in terms of, did, did we feel you know, uh, like we were the, the highlight. I, I don't know. I mean, I definitely, I, we had a, a talk, like I said, with uh, Jacob and myself and John McShane. And I mean, it, when you get a, at least even a, a crowd, you know, let alone a good size crowd, I mean, that feels pretty good, you know? Yeah. And then the best part is if they are asking questions too, that's that's even better because it's like okay they're engaged you know yeah. so that for me was a highlight of the of the festival um, and also getting to have breakfast with Alex Pacnadol today was uh, a fantastic experience I am so happy I was able to meet him I know that he was leery coming out with COVID I know I am too so it was really nice to actually get to meet him meet him and talk with him in person again another person I've just known digitally you know was able yeah. to meet. Um, I find Alex uh, of two minds. Um, you can either catch him when he's just nicely relaxed and we're just having a, a pint and we're just sort of just having a, a nice, mm -hmm. relaxed, chilled um, uh, conversation. That's fine. And then there's Alex with his brain at full tilt, um, with uh, fully engaged, um, all cylinders firing when it comes to his um, intelligence. His um, He's very well read. Trying to keep up with Alex is... <laughs> a challenge because the man has a brain on him fires <laughs> at full cylinder I, i'm a i'm a i'm a huge huge fan of alex's oh yeah um, he's brilliant you've got, you've got um leanne d uh, again he's asking she's asking chris are you staying for thought bubble are you heading back home or and then coming back or what's what's your plans no i'm not staying for thought bubble unfortunately um next year maybe um i didn't attend your comic con this year either um and the reason, I mean, I, I live in New Jersey, so it's, you know, right across the river. Yeah. I think we may have lost him briefly. Are you still there, Joel? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, we'll, we'll see if he, uh, if, if Chris returns. Um, for yourself, uh, I mean, your thoughts on the show in general? Uh, oh, oh, no. Hello. Hey, have we got a little bit of... He's back, sort of. He's digitizing. He's, he's back. back. He's, he's digitizing. He's like Doctor Who. You know, he's regenerating back into Chris now, Condon. Now, now he's in witness protection. <laughs> now, now he's now he's digitized. Ah, oh, there we go. He, I think he's going to try and possibly restart back up. But there we go. Um, so, Joel, um, your, your thoughts on Thought Bubble... Uh, sorry, of, uh, on Lakes... Um, 
at the end of the day, did they succeed in bringing the essence of Lakes back um, or was it something that was an attempt but not quite there yet? Well, I think it was as close as they're going to get. And as I said, there's no reflection on the organisers of the show. I mean, I, I checked out a number of panels. Um, I went to the uh, John Freeman interviewing David Roach, which was a, a Zoom interview, and I thought that was good. I mean, you know, David's a f fantastic artist. He talked about his career. And the other thing that people might not be aware of is that he's also he's a collector of comic arts. So he's a he's a he's a fan as well as a, as well as a professional. Um, so I saw the Jeff Lemire Zoom chat, which which was fine. You know, Jeff is a, a huge talent. He's a very talented man and. You know, I wasn't I wasn't sure about uh, the whole Zoom thing, but you know they seem to make it work quite well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it was it was a good mix. Um, I mean, so we kind of got a little bit of an element of that when it came to the, like, say, the presentation uh, that was held on the Friday. Um, yes. That they did kind of make it this virtual video event. Um, did it feel like you were watching a jumped up Zoom call, or you know, what was their production value certainly on that? aspect of it it was okay i mean it did obviously it was a, a zoom call so it's a little bit like that um it, it's very difficult i mean you know it's at the end of the day it is a guy you know talking to a giant screen um so it almost has shades of uh, you know 1984 or or max headroom but as somebody you know, is telling myself like i say we had um uh, dave johnson we had jeff johnson oh i know it's a commentary actually worked relatively well it wasn't bad. I mean, there was no drop off. And, you know, the thing about Jeff is he's a fascinating subject. I've interviewed him a couple of times, you know, so it does help that once you once you accept the fact that he's not going to sitting on the couch, you know, with the host, it's still oh, Chris is back. It's Leanne Deep sent us a message. Is this the infamous UK Wi-Fi uh, that I have to look forward to? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we we're kind of let us, letting ourselves down when it comes to our Wi-Fi connection here in the UK. So no, yeah, this is what you got to uh, look forward to. Like I say, we're going to do our best to present as much as we can from um, uh, Thought Bubble, but uh, inside that convention center, like most mm. convention centers, I'm not sure. That's yeah, gonna like, that's going to be like broadcasting from the bunker. So best yeah. of luck with that. Um, so yeah, we were talking about um, uh, the, the the successes of uh, the show, and like you say, Chris, you were talking. Uh, about your um, perspective on it, um, as somebody who's not done the conventions, um, who's uh, this is kind of like uh, first uh, stab at them. Mm -hmm. um, was it a positive? What did you take away from it? Is there something that you feel that um, you can build on uh, when it comes to your convention experience moving down the line? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I really enjoyed myself for the first, you know, just to say that I really just really enjoyed myself. I, I really enjoyed because uh, I, I it's hard to describe, uh, <laughs> but basically I've been living in my basement for the last year and a half. And so I know that, you know, we sold out, you know, our first printing of issue one. We sold out the second printing and nice. then we got a third printing and yada, yada, yada. And we're coming up on issue 13, but it still hasn't never felt real. <laughs> and uh, this is the first time that I'm able to talk to people who have read our book and who have enjoyed our book and have questions about our book um, to actually see their eyes um, and nice. to actually see them in front of me. Um, it was kind of amazing and actually made me, you know, feel like, oh, I have a comic book, <laughs> you know, um, not just, you know, something that I, I did, you know, in my, again, basement, and then uh, was sent to me in a box in my basement. Um, it, it felt really, you know, I don't know, it felt real it felt finally. Real. So yeah, it, it, it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it, it did. It finally felt real because we were a pandemic comic, you know, so Absolutely. I mean, I remember that uh, that interview that we did uh, when you launched the book, um, and you mm -hmm. yeah. you weren't sure what the reaction was going to be, and you've only kind of seen the numbers coming in, so that it doesn't feel tangible. Now you've got an audience that's been right there and approaching you. Uh, what's been the kind of per um, percentage of people who perhaps hadn't heard of the book uh, and came up to you um, against those that actively sought you out? What was the kind of ratio for that? I would I would say that most people were at least had heard of the book, and so 
when we were there, for example, so we did a, a small signing after our talk. It was like maybe 20 minutes. Um, and then also we, we signed again today, um, which, you know, we had less people. It, it wasn't too uh, busy today, first of yeah. all. A, it was rainy, but also I think, <laughs> I, I don't know. There, there's, it, 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 there, wasn't, there weren't a lot of people. Yeah, so... Um, but yeah, the, the people that did come up to us, some of them did, you know, they would buy a trade and they, they would say like, oh, I've wanted to read this and I haven't. And this gave them the perfect excuse to, to check out the book because we were both there to sign it for them. Um, yeah. Excellent. So. Excellent. Um, and I think because obviously you're on borrowed time at this point uh, to enjoy the rest of Kendall. So I'm, I'm going to let you get off and uh, uh, enjoy because I know that there's some stuff that usually happens on a Sunday evening. So I'll let the pair of you kind of prep for some dinner <laughs> and uh, head off into town. But I'll leave uh, with this question. Um, did you do the karaoke? And if so, what songs did you sing? I didn't get up there until Saturday, yeah. 11 o'clock. And to be honest, I, I probably wouldn't have done it even if I was there on the Friday, I'm afraid, Leonard. I'm never, I'm never actually drunk enough to be in a position. I've never we been... Are gonna, we are going to have to work on that. Well, that's a, yeah, that's, that's a threat, isn't it? Well, maybe we'll see, uh, well, we'll see what happens. But so, no, I, I missed that. But it's been, it's been pleasant. I've met some people. I met a guy called Richard Sheaf who writes about comics with... Uh, with John Freeman, I've oh, not I met know, before. Yeah, I know, I know Richard. He was up there, and David Scrogg used to work for Dark Horse. So I met up with him for lunch. That was really nice. So, it's, from a social perspective, it's been really nice. It has. I feel like it's it's not quite there yet, but it's heading towards the right direction. It's nice to be mm -hmm. at a physical show, and long may it continue. And hopefully, you know, heading the right direction. Well, it's it's like Chris said, um, the the opportunity to meet people face to face, uh, especially. I mean, we talk about Barcon and we talk about those uh, experiences yeah, yes. away from the convention and we kind of uh, yeah. meet uh, our uh, uh, comrades and exactly. And, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, did you get the chance to head to the karaoke or did you give that a wide berth? <laughs> uh, so, no. Uh, we swapped that for, uh, we grabbed a few pints, me and Phillips's. So that was the I fair trade, you know, if you ask me. I think you made the right choice there. Just to let you know. <laughs> there we go. Excellent stuff. Listen, I do want to let you get off and enjoy the rest of Kendall because, uh, I mean, for myself, um, it is a beautiful part of the world. Um, yeah, just the, the town itself, but just a little bit further afield. The Lake District is beautiful. It's well worth checking out. I don't know how long you're in the country uh, for, Chris, uh, but if you do get the chance to uh, go a little bit further afield, I would heartily recommend it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Listen, no problem. Um, before I let the pair of you go, if you can kind of let people know where they can find you. Uh, Chris, like you say, you've got um, uh, a couple of bits and pieces that are coming down the line, which people are going to be excited about. Uh, I know there's a uh, there's a one shot for is it is it tied in with that Texas blood? Is it uh, kind of like a yeah? So the one shot is uh, it is a that Texas blood story. So it, it's. It's a standalone story. However, it also plays into the 81 stuff because it is set in 81. So it's Christmas 1981. So it's like it's our way of saying goodbye to that stuff, essentially. Um, thank you very much, Leanne. Um, but, yeah, it's essentially our way to say goodbye to 1981. So it, it you don't need to have read the other stuff. Um, there's, like, a little bit of information that we just kind of glance at uh, to say, yes, that arc did happen. But it is just its own story. Um, so then that was a really fun one to write. And, you know, can't wait to see the finished product. Uh, but we actually have issue 11 coming up this week. So yeah. uh, make sure to pick that one up because I'm really excited for that one. Uh, but, yeah, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christoph Condon, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H, Christoph without the E-R. Um, and then we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Condon Phillips. Uh, we tend to post cool stuff, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I follow the Patreon page uh, with much interest. Uh, it's, uh, it's a great, uh, great setup you've got going. Really looking forward to um, uh, reading more from the Texas, uh, that Texas blood, because it is, yeah, like I said, it's, it's one of my favorite books for the last uh, couple of years. It's just, it's just so layered and textured and what Jacob's doing with it as well. I mean, mm -hmm. not only the way that you've written it, but what he adds to the whole page, it's just, it's just, Oh crazy. yeah. Very much so. Uh, Joel, uh, where people can uh, find you, sir? 
Uh, well, they can find me on Twitter at Joel Meadows uh, One. Uh, web the web is tripwiremagazine.co.uk. Um, we'll be announcing our Tripwire Presents Bristol Comic Show in about three weeks' that, time, which will be in September the third and the fourth next year. Is so that the official that, title now? Indeed, there's another Tripwire print magazine coming out in November with yeah. uh, with two covers, with a Dark Horse at 35 cover and a Fantastic Four at 60 cover. So that's got things like uh, exclusive Drew Struzan interview talking about 40 years of Raiders. A uh, piece on how the Folio Society put their books together, exclusive Liam Sharp interview, classic Joe Cuba interview, loads of fantastic stuff. So that'll be on Kickstarter and Indiegogo hopefully in a few weeks. So there's that. Um, and there's also, I also, my Sherlock Holmes and the Empire Builders comic might have found a home. So possibly, fingers crossed, there are two publishers that are in the running for that. Um, Congratulations. Thank you Absolutely. very much. Um, so there's lots of things happening. But tripmymagazine.co.uk, people to find out things about the Bristol show and about the print magazine. So so we'll be in the Lakes position uh, from next September. Um, but it's very exciting. We've got some really cool guests. Sean, hopefully, is coming to that and, and some other guests as well. A lot of good British talent, some UK and some US, fingers crossed. Yes, talent. we, we, we so. kind of discussed this last week. Um, I don't know if it was yourself that's mentioned it to a couple of um, known names in the comics industry, but they then kind of let everybody else know. So no, I know. Just keep, yeah, keep your no, eyes. I'm being a little bit more cagey this time, so I haven't quite spread. So, but fingers. So hopefully, so it's going to be a good turnout. There's going to be some really, you know, some great talent, and there'll be there'll be to be confirmed in the next few weeks. So we're going to start announcing guests, but it's going to be fun because it was a great show. It was a great venue, and Bristol's a great city. So it's going to be nice to be back there. To be honest. Excellent stuff. Well, hopefully we can uh, get Chris back over uh, next Well, year. of course we can. Yeah. Yeah. And I was talking about getting Jacob to come. So, you know, Chris, if, if you happen to be over, if we can there swing you know, there's, there's, there's very, very well, I'd love to be there. There you well, go. Well, you know, we, can, we can talk brilliant. So, Len, thank you again for having me on. It's been a pleasure, chat. So, thank I thought, you one thing I want to say is, you know, once the thank FBI you, lets me out of... Uh, once lets me out of the witness protection program, obviously, then I'll be able to do all of these things. Obviously, under, under a different name with a with a with a fedora and and maybe some sunglasses and a. And a, and a I'm, you know, I'm, a I'm just really grateful that the the beeping from the wrist uh, the ankle bracelet hasn't interrupted the feed too much. So well, thank I, you I was able to temporarily disable it. Obviously, I mean, everyone's seen the fugitive. I'm looking for the one armed man. You know, has killed my wife, and and you know, once I find him, and once I go to the top of the, uh, you know, the, the water feature with Tommy Lee Jones, everything's going to be fine. Showing your A's there, man. Showing oh, your right. I'm going to let the two of you head off into the Kendall night. And it's been great to hear. Likewise, great positives. to chat. It's been great to hear the positives about Lakes yeah, as yeah, well. There are. And, it, you know, long may continue. And, you know, it's a, it's great to, it'd be great. It's been great to come to a physical show to catch up with people you haven't seen in, in two years. And, you know, we congratulate the Lakes on, a, on another, another fun show, really, another fun weekend. Brilliant. Excellent stuff. Joel, Chris, take care. Thank you so much. Leonard, for you take care as it well. really is take much. Care. Thank you, Leonard. Good to chat, Leonard. Take, take care. Brilliant. Take care. Bye. Excellent. Um, so um, it's great to have those two come on and give their perspective. Um, and it's great to get the balance from what I've been seeing on social media, which has been a little bit of a bit of a mixed bag. Thumbs up across the board by the sounds of things. Um, it's great that the lakes are making the efforts to... Uh, continue their uh, show as much as uh, they possibly can and also uh, keep that integration of some real niche uh, creators with some uh, mainstream uh, as well. Hopefully that will improve uh, next year when we're kind of a little bit further beyond um, pandemic and we will see the likes of Greg Rucker returning to the UK for Lakes and uh, etc. All the other guests that unfortunately had to cancel this time around. Indeed, Leanne is saying... Uh, excellent interview. I'm less worried now. Yeah, I think that's um, that. I think I may have started the, the the whole episode being a little bit uh, Debbie Downer, um, but it's great to hear from two people who are actually there and really kind of giving us that sense that um, it's not only a show but conventions coming back um, with a little bit more substance and uh, a real feeling to them, a real sense of a positive vibe. Excellent stuff indeed. And that is our show. Um, thank you very much indeed for uh, watching today. If you are watching this now um, uh, live, that means you're a Patreon supporter and we really appreciate all your support. Once again, keep your eyes on your inboxes this week because I'll be sending out emails letting you know about uh, the, uh, the merch that's going to be heading out to the various tiers. Um, if you are watching this after the fact, if you're watching this from Wednesday, 
Um, thank you very much indeed for uh, tuning in. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the button down below uh, for notifications about when we do go live. And of course, head to patreon.com slash Englishman SDCC, SDCC uh, for um, all the, uh, the uh, bits and pieces uh, that we put up on that page. That's going to get ramped up, obviously, as we head towards Wales Comic Con, Telford, Telford, Telford Takeover, which I am going to be panel hosting at. And I've got the whole week booked off to attend Thought Bubble Internet, uh, Sequential Art Festival being held at the Harrogate Convention Centre next month. It's going to be a busy November. Next week, it's MCM London. And hopefully we'll be joined by Mark Serby again. Uh, he is actually going to be attending uh, MCM next weekend. So hopefully he can give us a sense of what a big scale comic convention um, is like at the Excel Center. Um, at the end of the day, um, we have had conventions uh, over the last couple of months, and that's all well and good. But at the end of the day, this a this is a big show, and it's whether it's uh, that kind of scale. Again, what we were talking about with uh, people feeling and how they their vibe about um, attending a, a convention, how that is going to be affected. When you have that many people in that uh, kind of room, we'll find out next week. MCM London, uh, do head to mcmcomiccon.com for more information about what uh, is happening. I believe Saturday is sold out, but I think Sunday is still available if you do want to get yourself uh, some last-minute tickets for that show. Thanks to Chris Condon. Thank you very much indeed to Joel Meadows for joining us for the show. And to you, thank you very much indeed for watching. Uh, hopefully you can join us again next Sunday. 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. GMT uh, for another Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. For myself, Lena Sultana, take care. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and we'll see you soon. Talking Con. A Cup of Tea with an Englishman in San Diego is a production of the Convention Collective. Support the podcast by visiting patreon.com slash an Englishman in San Diego and visit theconventioncollective.com. <laughs>